So y'all, y'all that bougie? Y'all that goddamn bougie? Y'all want to ride? Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Stop 3706. It's Comedy Podcast. You got your boy, Marcus. Damn, I can't talk today. You got your boy, Dump Savage, <laughs> Marcus Sniffles. And we got special guest, Rob, from the Getting Wavy Podcast. What's going what on, What up, Rob? <laughs> what up? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Rob, he does a podcast. I actually uh, saw his podcast on Twitter when I think it was uh, – I think it was like National Black Podcast Day or Podcast Day, and people were retweeting podcasts, and I seen his. I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So I started following him, and he would post some interesting stuff. So I'm like, you know, let me check out his podcast. And him and his partner, they do a really good job. So definitely check them out on iTunes, Getting Wavy Podcast, Rob and Ari. Ari? Ari? Did I say it right? Uh, uh, Adri. Adri, damn. No disrespect, Adri. Hey, what have you want, but... Uh, We'll try to get you on at a later time for uh, technical reasons. So, but uh, again, we appreciate Rob, but uh, taking out his busy schedule from Colorado. So, one thing that's interesting about uh, Mr. Rob here is that he's from Milwaukee, and I did not know they made black people in Milwaukee. So, uh, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm Rob from Milwaukee, uh, born and raised there. Uh, Milwaukee at one point um, was the most segregated or yeah, basically most segregated metropolitan city underneath. I think it's like a million, a million people. Um, just in Milwaukee alone, it's uh, about 85% black people uh, reside in Milwaukee. Jesus. Uh, a little bit of history is that uh, a lot of, a lot of Southern, like uh, my grandparents, they came from the South and a lot of Southern people came from Milwaukee uh, in the like 40s and 50s, there was about 17,000 people. And then it became like a black boom town um, next to like Chicago and stuff like that. Even at the Chicago fire in the early 1900s, people like just kind of migrated up to Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee is literally a hub for immigration. Like we had Germans, we had, uh, we had the, we had Asians, uh, Europeans, like, you know, any, any kind of ethnicity, you name it. Like there's a part and you can literally go to any part of Milwaukee. Uh, and find that, uh, and find the, you know, that rich culture. Um, but we started, yeah, in the 1940s, it was like 17,000. And then 10 years, we went from 17,000 to 64,000, uh, which is crazy. And Milwaukee is about, I'm going to say, it's about 700,000 people, including, you know, the uh, white suburbs and stuff like that. So, right, so I don't know, so, it's crazy, so, man. So, Rob, this is Adolphus underscore Savage. Mm-hmm. So tell me about this bitch ass nigga Sheriff Clark. What's your insight on that? Because I can't believe they didn't know that that nigga's from there. So tell me about um, him, man. He be cooning from TV. It, oh my god, he cooned over here so fucking hard. It's ridiculous, man. Like, so the reason why he's doing all this stuff is that he just hates black people. He literally just hates black people. That's just what it is. He. He wants to take out like my brother's keeper from like Milwaukee public schools, which again, though, all the black people go to. Um, well, fun fact is how you, you know, like how you really keep black people out of like suburban schools, you make them a village. And those villages don't have to accept you because technically they're incorporated. So they have their own school system. 
even though Milwaukee, you know, kind of sees over them, there are little places or little villages and towns that are technically in Milwaukee that, you know, again, though, they separated themselves from there before becoming the village. So with that being said, all the black people basically can't get into those, you know, those really nice village schools, you know, because they have the high property taxes. Um, they can't get into those schools. They have to go to Milwaukee public schools. Um, and then from there, um, Sheriff Clark wanted to remove my brother's keeper because he felt that, you know, cops should be at every school. And he felt that, that my brother's keeper uh, incited violence and the fact that, you know, they needed to, we needed to learn uh, an authoritative perspective. I feel, like, I feel like Sheriff Clark is, in my head, I can imagine him being in like, cheesy low budget like car commercials like local station commercials like <laughs> with the cowboy hat oh, they i think he was voting in a, a couple i want to say at least six years ago six eight years ago he was voting about eight years ago he was all right at first and then he really just started out of nowhere he just started cooning but it was more towards like he was cooning towards trump because trump comes here a lot you know he wanted to get a seat in the white house and he was cooning around the time that trump basically started his presidential run when they do the backstory on this guy it's going to be like an episode of scandal like somebody from trump's administration dropped off a suitcase full of money and he just changed his whole ideology i think it's going to be one of those nat geo ones so and he's just going to be like here's how i became top cool <laughs> yeah, bro, he's on there with a mother with a dang on cowboy hat on and this crazy beard i'm like yo polo ties i knew a friend of a friend that actually, so he was on the plane with Sheriff Clark, uh, and apparently he was just heckling him, not heckling him, but asking him questions about, you know, what he's doing in Milwaukee, and like, this is Packer country, and he got on like, you know, cowboy gear. I heard about that. Because dude didn't like him. He literally had him arrested, though. Just abusing power, though. He's just, god damn, he's the fucking worst, man. So, but yeah, that's it, yeah, Top Coon. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Top Coon. So one thing that, that caught my ear when I was listening to your podcast, the uh, Getting Wavy podcast, uh, you mentioned a story about, uh, I guess uh, you said Nissan, they were overcharging black people. And oh, I yeah, find Toyota. that interesting. Or Toyota. And you were saying that, you know, they don't respect they don't respect us because we don't like we have money. And, and it reminded me of a story I have myself when I went to go uh, purchase a specific piece of jewelry and I'll walk in, you know, I dress, I wear Jordans or whatever, you know, Nike clothes or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I went to a jewelry store and like, nobody uh, wanted to talk to me. So I was like, oh, I'm here to give you all my money. So I walked around, walked around a little bit. Nobody really said that to me. I walked right out, right, walked right into the next one. Somebody came and spoke to me and I made a purchase with them. Didn't like um a, a player by the last name, Benson, who plays for Milwaukee, something like that happened yeah. to him? Like at a, yeah, something like yeah, that. J- yeah. Yeah. John, yeah, John Henson, uh, who, I've, who I've met a couple of times. Pretty, really cool dude, though. Um like he was in the part of town again, the uh, Whitefish Bay, or as I like to call it, uh, White Folks Bay. Uh, he was in that part of town, um, literally at a jewelry store, which I passed up millions of times. And they literally thought he was robbing the place, you know, they thought he was trying to scope it out, though. Because he was like, you know, he got out of his car, you know, walked up to the door, and they went through and locked the door, went into the back, and called the cops. Like, so like it's wild. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't get this. Like, I mean, we just want the same things everybody else wants. Like, you know, we have money to spend. I know sometimes you may profile people thinking that, hey, you know, I've seen people look like this. 
that come in here and act a fool, but you can't, not even as a race thing, but as a business thing. Like if somebody is coming in, they're having, there's an opportunity for them to give you a large amount of money. I feel that you should do everything in your power to accommodate them and at least, you know, see what's good. Like, like, hey man, can I help you? Basic customer service. Just the basics. Yeah. I don't want anything extra. I don't need champagne glasses. I don't need the manager car. Yeah. I just want you to say, hey, uh, well, that's, can that's I help kinda, you? Or? That, that's where you're messing up at. You're expecting people to treat you as an equal. You're, people don't see you that like, that way. It don't. It, it you can you can come in there wearing a, a nice suit, a clean cut haircut, uh, fancy jewelry or whatever, and they might treat you with a little bit more respect. But at the end of the day, when you're of a certain skin tone, you get treated with a certain level of respect, and that's that's honestly how it is in this country. The the craziest thing about that is like where I don't want to say where I work, but where I work though. Uh, it's a central location though um or it's a central it's a mall but it's a central location pretty much six buses went here and that's where and it goes through the middle of milwaukee the heart of milwaukee you know north side so it picks up a lot of those people and it literally drags us here to this mall so this is from me this is me in my mind thinking this is literally where they want us to go now since milwaukee is so small like there's a picture of me and John Henson on uh, on my Instagram, Toxic, Toxic Avenger XL. There's a picture like you can you can tell he's a Bucks player, or you can at least tell that he's famous though because he's super tall. And he's man, he's like six six ten six eleven, and he's super tall. So you know it's a Bucks player because the Bucks players only go to a certain you know they only go to the mall that you know I work at because it's in again though Wabatosa, which is a suburb where all the white people live. But yeah, they literally, you know, so you can tell us a Bucks player, even out in Whitefish Bay, which is, or sorry, White Folks Bay, uh, where there's a lot of, you know, high property value. And it's crazy because when they re-interviewed, like, you know, the shop owner who did that or whatever, if people think racism doesn't exist, you got to come more. We're all from the South, yeah. so we, we all understand racism <laughs> pretty, pretty well on, on multiple levels. So, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, from, I'm from Mississippi, racism, so yeah. Racism, yeah, racism with no support, though. That's the thing, though, where the cops are literally like, even black cops here are just like, man, yeah, well, we just have to check up on you. You know, in an oh, area, wow. I live, so I live in on college campus, though, and there's not a lot of black people there. Even on my podcast, a segment called Black and White Spaces because that's what happens, though. I'm literally sometimes the only black guy in a white space, and it's, you know, college, you know, white college people, and they think I'm the one. They think, uh, you know, <laughs> I could just talk to him anyway because, you know, whatever, though. Like, I'm not the one. Like, I would give you these hands. Like, I can be Malcolm or I can be Martin. So you're not their special Negro friend that has like the cool quips and drops hip hop lines on them? I, I went to a high school that was almost all white. And the only reason I went there, uh, it was, I mean, the high school itself is about 20 grand a year now. Yeah, I heard about Like it. a you year. Yeah. God, dang. Exactly. So I went there and I'm, you know, and, the, and I'm, you know, I'm blessed to go there and stuff like that. But like people think just because I went there means that. I'm one of those black people that hate black people. Like you got me all the way fucked up. Yeah, that, that like, takes you back to the kind of when yeah. I was in when we were when I was in school. Like I would, I, I grew up in Augusta, Georgia. So I mean, not oh, all of us went to the same school. What the hell are you talking? No, about? I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I remember. 
prior to moving to Florida, when I lived in Georgia, it was like that a lot of times. It had been like me and maybe one other black person in the class. So I think I said in the podcast before, like Black History Month was always the worst. Like, it's like, dang, man, this is bad, awkward. Like, all the kids in the class looking at you, you know, they play glory. And then we have a couple of awkward lessons about slavery and then we keep it moving. It's like, dang, man, like we got to do this every single year, man. Like, I'm hoping oh, no, in, in the future they play uh, the Django Unchained instead of Glory. That's that's the kind of story <laughs> and, and and things I want to see in my school for Black History. Wow. I want to see us being in. No, I want to see us being in power, man. I don't, like <laughs> don't want to see the, the solo tear falling down Denzel's eye and feeling all, you know, beaten down the press. I want to see. I want to see us uplifted, man. I don't want to see twelve years a slave, man. I want to see Django busting heads. Well, well, well. Let me go ahead and interject here because if there's anybody who's a slave, it's me. I come from Mississippi. Six hundred one. Six hundred one. Lauderdale County. Shout out. Uh, we just now abolished slavery in 2013 officially, as well as we quit segregation Congrats. in 1980. God bless. So, uh, yeah, I, I actually in my middle school we had like a race war. It was crazy. We all got. <laughs> Like the black people all got suspended. It was crazy. But yeah, so we definitely feel where you're coming from. Yeah, it's, it's just wild because this experience is like, it's really interesting because not saying again, though, it, it sucks too, because I have, you know, I have friends who, you know, who aren't black, but like, you know, all diversity of friends, though. And it's only with certain friends, though, that they try me, though. They said something. I checked that shit right away. But anyone, I had to do a whole bunch of pro-black shit. Like, even at work, I got to do pro-black shit. Like, the riots that happened last year uh, in Milwaukee, again, though, you can uh, look it up. They're like, people are like, oh, why would they destroy their own community? I'm like, if you don't shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I hate I, I hate that argument. People are like, oh, they're over here. If they would spend this energy doing other things, why are they complaining? We need to, you know, pull the bootstraps up and do this. And that's like, look. Let me tell you this. People aren't protesting because they want to. Like, I'm sure people have better things to do with their day than be out depending what the weather is, you know, freezing cold weather, super hot with super aggressive police people killing you, assaulting you, throwing things at you uh, and detaining you because things aren't right. Like nobody just wants to do this for no reason. Like if we didn't have the mistreatment of people and that they would just treat us right and, you know, give us the respect and same dignity they give other people, we wouldn't have to do that. And most of those buildings that get burned down are insured anyway, so who cares? Like, Yeah, MLK said, like, MLK was pro... People forget that he was actually, like, in favor of protest. People think that he's just this anti-protest, that he wasn't... What, what, was the, what was the walk, though? What was the Montgomery bus boycott, though? Like... What was you know the the walk for, you know that he that all the stuff that he did though that's that's a form of protest and blocking well, they, the road. Well, you actually, know what people don't talk about though they don't talk about how like people riot after when sports teams win championships. Of though. course, and I'm over here like look at all these white people destroying their community though. White thugs, especially all. Oh, oh my god, though. when they tried they remember they they destroyed that Starbucks. I'm like. I can't believe they would do that though. <laughs> that's that's a travesty. Yeah, if they if they actually taught like legit black history in high schools and all that stuff and not just well Martin had a dream and Rosa Parks sat in the front of the bus, you know, if they actually went into depth and talked to you about what exactly Martin Luther King stood for, people would know and realize like, oh well Martin was about this protest a lot too. Like he wasn't just, oh, we'll just sit there and take whatever they give you. He wasn't about that life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, one of one of the things that you the, the piggyback off the protesting thing is like I, I know somebody that I used to follow that I unfollowed on 
one of my social medias, he was like, oh, you know, the reason these protesters fail is because they, they do it the wrong way and they're, they're violent. They, you know, they will protest peacefully, you know, things will go better. And I was like, yo, you know, it was relation to the, uh, the dude that was uh, involved with the Bloody Sunday March on Selma. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who got his head cracked. I'm like, yo, here is an example. You're talking about John Lucas? No, no, what? No, the what name will come back. I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that, whatever. I think you're thinking of Frank Lucas. That's completely unrelated. But anyways, I was like, look, that was the perfect example of a peaceful, <laughs> peaceful protest. And people got almost, he almost got John Lewis, Lewis, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they're like, oh, you know, if it was a peaceful protest, they had a historically peaceful protest turned to one of the most violent beatings in American history. And you tell us to protest peacefully, and when we do that, you still beat the shit out of us. So don't don't tell me the reason why a protest isn't successful is because we weren't peaceful. You can't tell somebody how to protest. That's why it's a protest. If there are rules of this, then things will probably be a lot smoother. But we need the the pro, the purpose of the protest is to disrupt things. That's the point. Yeah. So you can't sit there and critique it and say, oh, well, you need to follow the protest manual and then your congressman will listen to you and take care of y'all. No, that's what it's for. Like, shut up. We need that. The funniest thing is that people think that we don't contact our aldermen, that we don't contact those, you know, our city officials, that we don't contact our legislators. Like, we do all that stuff. I help out with certain community events and uh, certain organizations and certain rallies, like, we're doing those things. We we have those phone banks. We're going door to door. Like I, I literally have maps of Milwaukee in my room that have districts drawn out with the names and the numbers and the email addresses of all those people. And I'm emailing them like all the time though. You know what's happening? They're not getting back to me. Mm. You know? Surprise. So like it's, it's wild though when people say that like, you know, now let's protest. Protesting is hot now. You know why? Because white people are doing it. White people are mad now. And now I'm like, okay, white people got on this. You know what? We need to be on the next thing. You know what's the next thing? Getting them people out the seats there. Mm-hmm. Let's get these people out the seats though. Like I'm about to, you know, I'm about to try and radicalize people to like get out there and vote, not just for the big stuff, but for the little stuff though. People are just like, oh, in four years. No, we should be thinking two years. Yeah. You should be looking at your local election though, man. Like, Yo, like boycotting is cool and stuff like that, though. But like, are you voting though? You know, the same people yeah, said, "Oh, I'm not gonna vote." Are you gonna vote? Like, you have to start from the root, which is the community, though. It has to be on a community basis, though. That's how you get Trump out of office, though. That's how you get somebody else elected, though. Whoever else, though. That's how you get somebody else elected, though. You make sure you get people who won't fucking vote for Trump. Like electoral college is what really wins it. Hillary can win the popular vote all she wants to, though. But with the electoral college, though, those are the votes that matter, though. Now let me ask you this: as far as with the voting and tying in with the uh, the, I guess the mainstreamness of protesting. So I live in uh, New Jersey, and I actually plan to take a trip one day to go to New York City to walk around, go to the store, and whatnot. So I happened to be on Twitter that morning, and that was the day they started, like, the women's march out there. I was like, oh, shoot, you know, maybe I should stay home today, right? Because not that I have a problem with it, it's just I wasn't expecting that. But what do you think about the fact that uh, a majority of the women out there were, you know, white women, right? But statistically by the polls, they said that about, what, 56% of white women voted for Trump. So it's kind of like, I mean, where was y'all at when... uh, your boy was getting all y'all votes. Like, I, that's kind of baffling to me 
to see that happen because I'm sure they didn't have buyer's remorse that quick because not too much stuff popped off, right? So it's kind of right. like, yeah, you're looking at people kind of sideways like, yo, can I really, are y'all really down for this? I mean, I think it's just the fact that, uh, I mean, women's rights are still important too. And I believe that, you know, yeah, like, I mean, that's even though, it's, you know, even though it's pro-back and uh, I love my melanated women, uh, I love all women. Uh, but at the end of the day, though, when we're really thinking, <laughs> when we're really thinking about it, um, we really have to think about exactly where your ideals and values lie. Because people, so people hate Hillary because of Bill. Is that Hillary's fault? No. Like, I believe that Hillary was more, she was more, you know, experienced than Bernie. She was the best shot that the, you know, that the Democrats had, though. Bernie wasn't going to get in because Bernie, come on now, he's just coming out of nowhere. He, she was, Hillary was supposed to run when Barack ran, but like, what do you do? Do you want, at, a, at that time though, what, I can't see Barack not winning. I can't see the America not being like, fuck Bush, let's vote this black man, you know? Because he, he spoke well, he had the degrees, you know, he put himself through school, like, you know, all those other factors. But when it really comes down to the women march, you got to really ask people like, you know, like you voted for Obama. That's cool. You don't like Trump. That's cool. But where do you stand on like, you know, where do you stand on the little things, though? Do you think, um, you know, people who are receiving health services or who are receiving public double, uh, government services, do you think they should be drug tested? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, yeah, man, because we don't I don't want my taxpayer money paying for people that are on drugs though but then like you tell them like yeah well don't you know that you know minorities are not the ones that are majority of people that are receiving those services yeah that's that's one of those things that i feel that the i media, look at people sideways when they answer like that though you know that's what i look at though yeah that's one of those things that the the media and tv and movies portray like yo black people aren't that big of the a big majority of the country we're only like what 13 percent so you can't be looking at us like we're the only people out here on welfare. I don't know if this happened out there in Milwaukee, but around here, uh, the New York, New Jersey area, you know, now they're having the the big uh, resurgence of uh, of heroin use, right? Right. So now that's apparently now I see commercials on TV like, oh, you know, if you're addicted to heroin, this epidemic, you know, please come get help. You know, please help us out. You know, let's get these people some help. I, I don't recall that uh, going down when the black folks was on heroin and crack and all that stuff. Y'all didn't have as much compassion, but now all of a sudden that it's happening to you guys, not you guys in particular, but to the, the white folks. Now it's, it's apparently we need to be compassionate and help people. I did read an article about a young lady, a young uh, Becky that OD'd on heroin and they were they like there was like a manhunt to try to find the drug dealer that sold her the drugs. And it was it was just wild. Like that rarely ever happens where they just like, okay, well we need to find out who sold her these drugs and make sure he pays for what he did to young Becky. Milwaukee has a huge heroin problem though. And you know what? The black people aren't the ones that are doing the heroin though. Exactly. And instead of so in five three twelve six, which is a documentary about Milwaukee and about the most incarcerated city, the most incarcerated rate of Black people in America, it's like I think it's like ninety percent of people over the age of eighteen or between the ages of eighteen and thirty have been in jail or have a felony uh, arrest record. That in that area and stuff like that, there's obviously just a lot of marijuana and crack or whatever. But like, you know, they're not opening up rehab centers like they're doing for this heroin epidemic. Though. Like they opened up a rehab center. 
They're talking like, about making like, like a people like, home. free zone, like a like, hey, let's open up a place where y'all can do uh, do these drugs in a safe environment with fresh needles and stuff. I'm like, uh. well, see, I'm, I'm at, me for me personally, I'm fine with them doing the whole like, oh, this is a safe space for you to do your heroin. This is a good place for you to, you know, not catch a disease or anything like that, and not OD and die in the middle of the street. My issue is, is like you were saying before, they didn't treat people of color the same way when it came to cocaine and crack and marijuana. They just threw them under the jail. And for people on heroin now, they're just like, oh, well, we need to make sure these guys are treated fairly. Treated like human beings. It's so wild how it happens. So when I tell people about Milwaukee, though, I say Milwaukee is the is the perfect diverse ground for pretty much anything that you want to do. If you want to roll out plants, we got the diversity for it. You want to start a business, we got the diversity for it. But also, though, when negative things happen, though, the consequences are like tsunamis compared to ripples in like bigger cities, though. You know, and it's just, it's, it's wild. That's really all I would say. It's so wild. Like, I'm from a city where I got to tell somebody, yo, man, be safe, man. Yeah, because I know you were telling like, me uh, you, on your street, or you were on your podcast, you saying, like, the streets you go down every day, cats are out there get murked. Like, I know it's like that out there. Be safe, though. I mean, it, it, it's it's not as bad as it used to be, though, but it's it's getting it's getting worse in this day and age. Milwaukee, we just have a we just have an employment problem uh, and an economic problem, you know, with the building at the Bucks Arena. And we have a gentrification problem, too, as well, because, you know, They'll try and what they're trying. The Bucks Arena is downtown and literally right next to it. It's kind of like a poverty area. So they're trying to build up that area. But what they're doing is they're displacing those people uh, mm-hmm. and moving them all the way out to like the edges of Milwaukee, where there's literally nothing around there. Though you know, like there's not a mall around there. There's nothing around there for for them to literally live and sustain themselves. Though and people are you know Milwaukee has seen a lot of car thefts and a lot of you know a lot of kids are in these car thefts and stuff like that. And, it's just because, like, you know, the kids have nothing to do. There's literally nothing to do in Milwaukee unless you have a car or unless you have, you know, a good amount of money or unless you own enough to drink, pretty much. You know, there's nothing, there's no after-school program. There's nothing for the kids to kind of do. So, I mean, it's, wow, you really got to protect your neck out there, man. People don't fuck with me because, like, I well, I just don't go to those areas and I'm not white. I'm good, pretty much. See, I would have thought it'd be a little different because, um, I mean, from at least what I see, I thought Milwaukee was pretty big. I, I have met a person. I used to work with a guy that's from Milwaukee. I guess he enjoyed Milwaukee. He seemed a little country to me, but he moved here just because of the weather because he was saying how crazy the weather was. But he never really elaborates too much on uh, Milwaukee, which I've definitely tagged him in this one. Shout out to Big Mac. Um Wow, man, I, I just learned a lot about Milwaukee on this podcast. Yeah, like, and, and, and the interesting thing when you when you speak about Milwaukee like that is it's not even that's a Milwaukee thing. I think it's a countrywide thing. Because where I live in New Jersey, is the same thing. Like, like for example, like in Brooklyn, right? They're all mm-hmm. of a sudden wanting to clean up Brooklyn and get all the the people out of there, and you know, sell these houses for, you know, go sell them for five, ten thousand dollars, and then turn around and flip them for a million dollars. That might be a little high, but the same concept, even in places in, in New Jersey, like in the Newark area, which is it's got this rough parts. But, you know, they're building a Whole Foods out there. So, you know, they're getting some of these people that are probably native to that area out the paint so they can build it up. And so to the people who live, you know, across the bridge in New York to have, you know, a cheaper way of living, even though cheaper to them in New York is still higher for somebody that's from here. You know what I'm saying? So that that's yes. Yeah. 
that seems to be a nationwide thing. But yeah, because they tried that same thing in um in Duval or in Jacksonville. I remember when they tried to rebuild the the east side and downtown. They were trying to buy up all the land over there, and then what they were doing was essentially they'll buy you out of your house and then fix it up, and you have a four or five hundred thousand dollars house in the hood where they're shooting out next to a thirty thousand dollar home. And they just never could get enough of the, the the black people out of that area. So it ended up being a failed project because nobody's going to, I'm not going to pay you $400,000 to live in the hood. No matter how bad you try to clean it up, if you can't move all those guys out there, why am I going to invest my money in it? So it is something they do try to do because they always try to stay a couple steps ahead of us. Um, they'll like, we try to move where they're going and then they try to move out. And then we just follow them for year after year. So I mean that's how yeah Milwaukee was built on uh, white flight. Uh, if you again though, if anyone wants to look it up, look up uh, Milwaukee Iron Ring though, and you'll see though Milwaukee wasn't able to expand because again though they saw how urban it was getting though they saw all the immigration or they saw a lot of people kind of migrating towards Milwaukee as this you know as this you know new city in the north, and they started you know all those places around Milwaukee started to incorporate and stuff like that. The biggest thing is that Milwaukee used to be Black Mecca. It used to be the Black Mecca. Like, we had, like, a really wonderful place that, again, though, migration from the South and all the Black Southerners literally created a home here. And you know what they did? They they literally built a freeway through the heart of Bronzeville, which is, you know, the first Black neighborhood in Milwaukee. They literally built a freeway through it. And then it destroyed the economy, you know? Like it, it literally destroyed the economy and then all the time manufacturing jobs was up. You're talking about going from 70,000 jobs to 30,000 jobs. And now since those people have moved out into the suburbs, that's literally where they created those jobs and they made those communities and they didn't need to come back into Milwaukee. They created them out there and they just hung out there and stuff like that. And they had that oppor- uh, opportunity to get, uh, generate that wealth and to build up those communities where they didn't need to come into the city anymore. And then they just left us here with all these, you know, abandoned buildings and things of that nature. And people had to move out. And houses were, you know, dilapidated and took too much money to actually, you know, build them because most of the houses were built in like the 20s and 30s. And man, it's a, man, it's a, it's a long thing, man. It's literally, I, I literally don't even talk like you. It's a rare occasion that I'm talking about Milwaukee on any kind of circuit now because <laughs> I know so much and I've done so much research. I'm like, yo. I'm not about to be educating people for free. You're going to have to pay me to speak on this. <laughs> You're going to have to pay me to speak on this because all the research is out there, though. I've already done all that research. So, like I said, like I got Alderman districts on my room. I got I got a book about Milwaukee. I got like I know Alderman personally. You're going to need to pay me to speak. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. Milwaukee is still a great place, even though I'm, I'm speaking a lot of negativity. Milwaukee is still a really great place, though. Uh, because, I mean, there's a lot of black clubs there, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of entertainment, but there's a lot of unique, interactive things that you can do for any for anybody, you know, not just black people. Okay. Well, to wrap it up on a lighter note, let's, let's, let's lighten it up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what, what, is your, uh, what is your issue with Fast and the Furious? Man... <laughs> Now, before before you answer that question, I feel the exact same way you do. So I'd like you to elaborate. Before you even start, I disagree with everything you're about to say. Okay, that's completely fine, man. To be fast and furious is just like, I, so I saw the first three, and then after that, I just lost interest. You made so. it that far. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, yeah. You played yourself. After, 
You played yeah, after, after seeing Tokyo Drift and him trying to fucking drift the fucking Mustang, I'm like, no, get the fuck out of here, man. I, I didn't make it that far. Well, get the South fuck out of here, obviously. Man. Just rehashed it around the fifth movie. It actually became a good series when they added uh, Hobbs. Uh, I still don't understand don't what they're still is. doing. It Hobbs is the Rock. Calvin, Calvin Hobbs, like the, uh, the Rock. The oh. Rock. You know what, man? You know what, man? I believe you. Yeah, when they, when they added the Rock and they changed it around, to me, I have to view it as it's not Fast and the Furious because they they don't care about racing cars. They're trying to save the world. It's like. A low class Avenger. Why are car people trying to save the world? Because that's what they, that's what when we make in life. When they get this task, that's what I'm saying. They're the driving Avengers. Oh my god! I just so when I was watching the trailer for like you know what whichever one just came out or whatever, he was like, "Man, he got a sub," and then Vin Diesel or somebody gets out the car and literally grabs a torpedo. And throws it. I'm like, I'm done, bro. They're I'm driving. Done. They're driving Lambos in like Antarctica. That doesn't even make any sense. Hey, they're the Avengers. I keep telling y'all. It's it's it sure is. Like, you got all it's the different way. races there. They got all the different got, specialties. Hey, you know what? Make the money though. But you know what's super funny though is that Bill O'Reilly was in 2002 talking about fire. You know, Pepsi should fire Ludacris and. Ludacris over there collecting coins. I'm pretty sure Ludacris is still getting residuals off of this franchise. He's definitely collecting. He's, he's been definitely off in the back. Oh, he's been in like three straight Fast and Furious. Yeah, he's, like he's been he on for a long time. Right? Money, man. Because he was yeah, on the second one. He, he missed a few one. of them though. Though he missed a few of them. Uh, yeah, he's been on three straight. Well, I mean, when he's getting the residuals, because you remember he made that that too fast, too furious song though, man. Yeah, Which I thought cool. again, though, made genius move, man. What, what star I hate in the movie, though, make a song for the movie. <laughs> what I hate movies like that, and you do so many, you actually shortchange yourself for the long term because now we're gonna think he can only play those type of roles. You know and I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen him in anything since Crash. I don't believe, well, right? That, that, that's also because he. That's also because he's a rapper. Like nobody, nobody thinks that about the Rock. You, you, you know the Rock can be in other movies. Like if Ludacris wasn't a rapper, you'd probably be like, yeah, you probably do something else. I mean, just like, it's almost like that, man. So I love Common. Um, but Common, he, I mean, he's starting to get better at acting. But I remember when he was in Wanted, I'm like, oh, man, Common's in Wanted. This is going to be so dope. Five lines throughout the whole movie. And it's mostly, <laughs> when they did pants to him, it's mostly him just looking mad. <laughs> Wasn't he in the barbershop three? Again, but like, I just remember his, I just remember him in Wanted. And that was probably... That was probably his worst movie to me, but one movie was uh, another movie was Love, though L U V on Netflix, and that's actually a super good movie for Common though. So like, yeah, that, it, that dep- like a, it depends though, you know, because Common was a low budget kind of movie. Yeah, but he was in Hell on Wheels though, and he was in there for five seasons though, and I thought he did a Hell on. If if I didn't know Common was in Hell on Wheels, I probably didn't want. I probably wouldn't watch it though. But like him in that him in that series though he was actually really good though for his role really good though so i think it just comes down to really putting yourself out there man just trying to trying to get out of that pigeonhole man trying to get out of that you know like i can only be this role and stuff like that so i mean we we're not going to talk about just right though where he played like an nba superstar we're not going to talk about that we're going to talk about the good stuff <laughs> you're going to skip over his his oscar performance in a uh... The Suicide Squad is where he had his uh, what 
two or three lines and got shot in the head, that was that was Oscar worthy. Everybody was in there. He should have got a couple nods for that. You know, if if it, if it went by too quick, go back and watch the the Suicide Squad and watch Common get a, a bullet to the dome within uh, five minutes of being seen. So you can watch that and want it too. Uh, again, though, Common's in the whole Wanted movie, like training the guy and everything. And at the end, like he just says, like I don't know, he just he was about to say something, and then he gets shot in the head. So two movies, if you want to watch Common get shot in the head, yeah, well, I, 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 I haven't seen this movie. And actually, shout out to South Breeze. Um, if you don't mind, can I borrow that passcode for the Netflix? I didn't pay my bill, as y'all know. I mean, the, the last <laughs> time I did that, uh, somebody ended up pregnant, so you might not want to do that. So, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I can genetically become pregnant. But hey, okay. man, Trump is president. Anything is possible. Rob, we appreciate you having having you on. We definitely want to get you back on. The the history of Milwaukee is pretty interesting. I definitely uh I don't know if I can pay you, but hopefully I can trick you into telling us more about it. So, but definitely it's always free for the black people, man. It's hey, always free hey. for the black people. That's, all, right, that, that's what I like to that's what I like to hear. So definitely check out Rob on the Getting Wavy podcast. Rob and Adrian. Uh, hopefully we can get Adrian on one day. Uh, tell her we said what's up. No disrespect, you know. We just uh. You didn't want to be too crowded, you know, too many voices on it. We'll definitely uh, get her on, too. So we appreciate you coming through, man. Uh, any Anything you want to say? I know you want to plug the podcast, you know, shout out your IG and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, check out Wavy Podcast. Uh, I mean, Adri, she really kind of balances out. Obviously, I didn't want to – I'm so depressing that people – I mean, I don't. I can't have conversations with people because I'm just depressing. Uh I can't be put on the news because I'll say some real shit. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Chef's George out, uh, Wavy doesn't like black people. <laughs> uh, shout out Wavy Podcast. You know, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud. Subscribe, like, comment. People don't comment for some reason. Uh, we check, have check us out problem. on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check us out on Facebook. Uh, Get Wavy with Robin Adri. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and. Uh, listen to my rant <laughs> or whatever at uh, Waze414. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at uh, Toxic Avenger XO, man. I really appreciate y'all having me on and stuff like that, man. It's uh, it's really nice for, you know, for black people to connect. Uh, the biggest thing I want to say is like, we're all podcasters here, but we all came from listening to someone else uh, and decided, hey, let's do this. Uh, so I always tell people, man, create space, hone your skills, you know, promote yourself and collect coins, man. Don't do that. Why we let these white people do this stuff and we give them they money. We can do the same thing and collect Dang. coins, man. Like, I know my friend is a black switch. He does a switch and he gets money from that, though. Like, black gamers need somewhere to go, man. Black nerds need Yo, somewhere that's, to go, that's, man. Yo, that's, that's, yeah, I was going to end, but now you brought some else. So, I, I saw that. I saw an article on Yahoo, or Yahoo just talking about the top paid YouTubers and gamers. Dog, these white people are out here getting, like, 10 million a year to play video games. I play video games all the time for free. Yeah, me and Al Breeze exactly the video games for free. And I'm like, I see some of these younger kids that have like all these these followings on social media. I'm like, yo, you can you can flip this into a profit. Like people are doing this every day. Like use a platform. Don't let it use you, man. That's that's the biggest thing I want to say off the air, man. Like you got a following if you kind of funny. I mean, if you're gonna do the things anyways. Why not record it? Maybe somebody like it, somebody won't. But if you're gonna do it anyways, just do it. But I'm, I'm gonna cut that there. More black we people, actually, yeah. We should actually, we'll, we'll actually have you back on. Talk about that. That's a, that's a good, that's a good topic. I like that. 
Okay, Batman, Batman. Black people need to have the uh, have the confidence of a mediocre white. Man. You're right, but before we before we cut it off, I do want to give a shout, a shout, shout out to all the white people. We love y'all, you know. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> shout out to Chuck and Alex for listening. I do want to just say one more thing. I was yeah. listening to your podcast, and I I, I uh, listened to what you said about uh, being depressing and things like that. And I mean, I, I know sometimes things in life happen, so I did want to go ahead and give uh, an RIH rest in heaven to your father. Oh yeah, I did yeah. Yeah, man, I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate bless, bless that. Up, man. Bless up. But yeah, man, I know you had a hard day at work, so once you get out of here, we're going to go ahead and uh, get out of, out of here too. Damn, I cannot talk. Boy. <laughs> shout out to, to Georgia school. Shout out no, not Hennessy. Shout out to Georgia school systems for uh, making me the terrible speaker I am. But again, this is the <laughs> community podcast, so we appreciate y'all coming through again. Check us out. Check out the Getting Wavy podcast, and we out. Holla. And we out. We out. We out. Wow. Peace.